everyone. Hi, and welcome to another short rest. I'm Jason, a.k.a. Max, your private investigator from the Waterdeep Detective Agency. And uh, I am going to be interviewing our DM, Fletch. Hi, Fletch. Hi, Jason. How's it going? It's going really well. Thank you. I, I figured it would be weird if the person doing the interviewing interviewed himself. Yeah, that would have been an awkward episode. That Super awkward. And you need those two voices to compare and contrast. You do. Let's jump into our interview. Are you ready? Yeah, I am. I am ready. Here's one. Let's uh, let's talk about you. Who are you, Fletch, our DM? I am Fletch, the DM. Yes. And <laughs> strong start. We're off to a strong start, Jason. I love it. This is great. Yeah, I uh, I am a social media manager. Uh, I've been doing that for 10 years in my personal time. Uh, I like to think of myself as a storyteller. I've written a comic book. I've written a book. They're both okay. And uh, I mean, that's that's it. That's uh, that's what I do. What makes you tick? Not what grinds your gears, not what turns you on, but what makes you tick, Fletch? Okay. <laughs> what makes me tick? You know, I um, I like entertaining people. Uh, I love to make people laugh. Um, I love to laugh myself. And so I think that's what makes me tick is, is searching out new stories, searching out jokes to tell and uh, people to enjoy those stories and jokes. I dig it. Now, we talked a little bit about this. Well, when I say we, I mean you and Brad. You guys talked about this during Brad's short rest. But tell us a little more about the story about how you got started playing Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. So how about what I do is uh, instead of how I how I started Dungeons and Dragons, how I really started DMing. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, because the, the two are, are very closely entwined. We, uh, like I mentioned on Brad's short rest... We started playing Dungeons and Dragons when we were like 11 or 12 years old. Uh, a friend of ours, uh, you know, finger quotes taught us how to play, but he didn't have a great understanding of how to play either. And so we learned wrong, but I think that's uh, kind of a rite of passage in Dungeons and Dragons, especially going back to like first and second edition and Thacko and, uh, you know, some of those other deep cuts that the real hardcore nerds are like nodding to themselves right now. Uh, and you know, people that are newer to D and D are like, what's that? I don't know what that is. Um, and you guys can count yourselves lucky, but part of that experience was basically everyone that we played with, uh, wanted to play. Uh, there was a group of about four or five of us, depending on, you know, how many people were over at Brad's house at the time and everyone wanted to play. They had their warriors and their, wizards and and rogues and and they had those characters that they wanted to be and being the dungeon master was almost kind of seen as uh downside um you didn't get to play if you were the dm you had to dm there was like a hard distinction there and i kind of fell naturally into that role and at first it was sort of a downer you know no one else would want to do it and i'd say fine i'll i'll dm another game but the more that I do it, the more that I realized I was creating these worlds and I was telling, you know, crafting these stories. And it felt like what I was reading in Dragonlance and, you know, Lord of the Rings and that kind of stuff. There were these really strong parallels. Obviously, my stories, the stories of a 12 year old boy were a bit more amateurish. 
but some of those building blocks were there and I got to kind of develop those skills and to the point that I was crafting better, more complete, more interesting stories and people wanted to play those games. And so that it, there was like a flip where being the dungeon master wasn't a bad thing anymore. It was a fun thing. Moving from that into how you decided to come up with and uh, start our noir-themed game, a little backstory. Adventure, they wrote, was conceived during dinner at Emerald City Comic Con. And it's funny because I just saw the picture of us at that dinner when I did my little Facebook year in review video. And uh, this is another line that's going to age real well when we're re-listening to this two months from now. (laughs) During Kat's short rest, The Countess, uh, you talked a a little bit about what made you want to do the podcast, but I want to know what made you want to run a noir-themed game specifically. Oh, that's a great question. I might have mentioned before in this interview that I am a fan of stories, And those stories aren't limited to fantasy. Uh, I don't read exclusively um, sword and sorcery books. Another author that I really like is Carl Hyacin. If you're familiar with his work, he wrote the stories, rather, that um, the the movie Get Shorty and Be Cool is based on. Um, A lot of his stories take place in Florida, and they usually feature like a detective or some sort of detective-like character. And it's, it's not necessarily noir, but it's, it's kind of close. Um, and I love some of those noir movies like Chinatown um, and even going further back, like the Maltese Falcon and that kind of stuff. And I hate to say this, but the inclusion of noir into this podcast was almost calculated because after I had gotten done seeing Cat, you know, just sort of like amaze this audience uh, for an hour, captivate these people. I was, I, you know, we were on our way to, to dinner and I was thinking to myself as we were walking over there, like, wow, I, I wish I could do that. I wish I could, you know, create a story like that for an audience using Dungeons and Dragons as a medium, because I've always been a huge fan of this game and fans of Dungeons and Dragons know that it's experiencing this renaissance right now. Fifth edition is attracting new players like crazy. I've probably introduced over 30 people to this game in the last three years, um, and all of them loved it. They all had a great time. And so I was thinking about how I could do that, how I could create you know, a podcast and a story like that. And I, I, it was, I almost just said to myself, like, man, I, the problem is I don't have a good hook. There are so many live play podcasts out right now. You have to have a really interesting hook to attract people to your game. I mean, I guess it could be like a film noir style game set in the city of Waterdeep. And it was like this light bulb went off in my head. And all of a sudden I said, yeah, actually, it could be a detective noir mystery set in the city of Waterdeep because all the pieces are there. And then I started thinking about how magic would would work in a detective story and how you know, clerics and and those kind of deity-like powers would work and how all the different fantasy races and the monsters would work too. And it all just sort of like came together really tightly into what I think is a a pretty high quality little show. I remember when we were sitting there at dinner at the Elephant and Castle and we were just kind of throwing the ideas around and you just dropped, yeah, like I I have this really great idea. I want to, I want to play a game that's a noir themed game in Waterdeep. And my initial reaction was, yes, 
Yes, yes, absolutely, yes. I know that we we literally have just met in the past hour, but I want to play in that game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's. I mean, it it it's, it feels so right. Um, I remember when I, you know, going back to when I started playing and when I started DMing twenty years ago. I remember the first game that I ran where it wasn't just sort of like a dungeon crawl. And and there was this realization that went along with that. Like, wow, you can actually tell some interesting uh, stories. You can craft some interesting experiences with this game that aren't necessarily, you know, just rolling dice and hitting goblins and I'm sorry, uh, hitting monsters and, <laughs> and that sort of thing. You can do cool stuff with it. When I'm telling other people about this, I, I kind of phrase it like this, like you can play a game of Dungeons and Dragons that's capital RP, lowercase g. You know, when everyone starts out, it's usually lowercase RP, capital G. They make it a game. For sure. And the, it's the dice and the, you know, imagination and maybe you're using minis and that kind of thing. But I think as people get more accustomed to it. You know, really bringing in more role play elements, really bringing in more kind of story and and um, environment type things, is what elevates this. Is what elevates Dungeons and Dragons and has done for you know fifty plus years to the next level. It's what makes it this enduring thing that has stuck around for this long. Is that you can take people places. Oh yeah, absolutely. When we started. We all knew that we were going to do a noir-themed game set in Waterdeep. So as we were getting set up, and it, it took us a while to get thing, get the ball rolling, and, you know, it took us a while to get characters created and, you know, a schedule set and all that stuff. Yep. How did our character selections, like me choosing Max, a goblin, uh, rogue inquisitive, and the Countess being a half-elf, trickster cleric all of that's all of the different selections that we made as we were creating our characters how did that change the way that you have been crafting your story that's another really great question and i can even go a step further back than that to the listener we had this idea noir detective theme water deep and i i didn't put any constraints on on what sort of characters could be created at all my sort of feeling was that if the players are having fun, then that's going to translate to the listeners. And usually people aren't going to have fun if you're like, no, you can't You can't do the thing that you wanted to do. You have to do this other thing. And so I said, you know, create whatever you want. And the ideas kind of started trickling in. Obviously, I got Talia's idea first because I live with her and we kiss sometimes. And um, so I knew right away she's going to be this – which. For for the people that are listening, Talia has an amazing singing voice. You've heard it on the podcast. That's how we met. We met in in a college choir, and she almost said it like it was like maybe something that she wasn't entirely sure about. Like, what if I was like this lounge singer, and then whenever I cast a spell, I have to sing because I'm a bard, and then that's how I cast a spell. And I was like, well, that's what makes us an amazing podcast. That's like so incredible. And then, you know, I got Kat and Chris's idea and yours and Brad's and everyone did such an incredible job because they're so like everyone on this podcast is so creative and so incredible that they, they knew innately to kind of look at these classic noir archetypes 
And then they could have just stopped there. I was a little worried we were going to get like four rogues and a fighter, but everyone sort of took like kind of an interesting approach to it where like even, even Max, the, the, the sort of eponymous detective character isn't a detective, isn't just like some down on his luck guy. Right. He's a goblin that had his alignment forcibly converted and has to deal with all this back stuff in addition to trying to figure out who killed this guy. It, it was that that was really encouraging. And so as that stuff came in, it was actually pretty, it felt really natural to sort of adapt the story just a little bit here and there so that, you know, Gilly might be able to get a little tease, a little bit more informa- information out through his news network. And maybe Celine has some contacts from her, you know, lounge singing days that she can reach out to, or the countess is a little bit more keyed in with the nobility. So it wasn't so much the classes and races that people picked that sort of changed the the narrative of the story. It was kind of figuring out what the characters' backstories were and looking for opportunities to weave those in to the overarching narrative of Deep Trouble. I dig it. Especially because I get to come up with crazy reasons for a goblin to be doing good things. Yeah. We started putting this show together before Waterdeep Dragon Heist was even announced. I'm not entirely convinced they didn't steal that idea from us, but (laughs) I'm not going to raise a stink. It's a great game. I enjoyed it quite a bit, so I'm I'm not upset at all. Maybe a little bit. Well... My uh, so my question to you, uh, Fletch, now the interviewee rather than the DM, is how has that book changed the way that you look at the city or has it at all? That's oh, wow. I love that question. So uh, I I did a ton of research on Waterdeep before kind of in between that sort of lightning strike dinner idea and. You know, even even before we started like really rolling characters and sort of even while we were like figuring out what this podcast was going to be called. Right. I did a ton of research on Waterdeep. And that means, you know, going back to the the Forgotten Realms books, it means going and finding like dragon magazines that talked about Waterdeep. I dropped maybe 150 bucks on eBay. Don't tell Talia on the supplements, the old like second edition supplements. You want you want you ready to have your mind blown? Yeah. I found them on DMs Guild as PDFs for super cheap. Oh, <laughs> don't tell Talia. I won't. <laughs> so, you know, I, I've got these I've got these I, I, I just I devoured everything that I could. And they announced that the the next big module out of Wizards is going to be this water deep one. And I was like, initially, I was like, this is great. This is fantastic. I love it. There are two things, right? I've come to love this city. And so I'm really excited that this module is going to be based there. And then I get it and I open it up and I'm right enraged <laughs> because this is all the information that I wanted about this city. And here it is. And I, if, if we had done this all six months later, I would have saved hours, <laughs> hours of research and, and, you know, this backstory stuff that I thought that I had to come up with on my own. And here's this book that has all of it in there. And again, want to stress, great module, super fun, but really would have loved to have had it six months earlier. 
It's funny. I am actually starting. I'm going to be DMing Waterdeep Dragon Heist for the little group that is has formed in Cat and Chris's absence with uh, her about to give birth, which we will touch on in a couple minutes. But I have been reading that book and I've been looking through DMs Guild and trying to find as much as I can about the city. And so on the one hand, it's really cool to have all this information because I want to be a good DM for my group. But on the other hand, it's really cool to have all this information because it makes me feel like Max will be a better water Davian uh, because I will actually know a little bit more about the city than I did when I started uh, adventure they wrote. That's an that's an excellent point, and I'll I'll end with this. I think uh, at least on this this question, this the the Dragon Heist module actually makes me want to play, want to roll a character and play that campaign, um, which is something that I haven't you know felt a really incredible desire to do in quite some time. I am usually perfectly fine behind the screen. That's where I like to be, but this this game makes me want to play and sort of experience the city on the other side. I'm pretty excited about running it tonight. Like that's going to be, it's going to be a lot of fun. (laughs) Now going back to something I just said uh, earlier in the year, critical role had to deal with Laura and Travis, both being out for a bunch of episodes after their baby was born. And we at Adventure, they wrote, are about to experience the same thing with Kat and Chris having their tiny person any day now. So what should the audience look forward to while they are tending to parenthood for the first few months? So the the fortunate thing about the babies is that you know pretty far in advance that they are coming. Yeah. Um, so we had a lot of time to plan. We had a lot of time to sort of figure out what this was going to look like. And we then did not use that time as efficiently and as well as we could. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I think I've always thought, at least for the past maybe six or seven years, especially as I have become uh, sometimes grown up adult Fletch, right? I've always thought that the most difficult part of Dungeons and Dragons is coordinating schedules. To get it to the point, and you can have a weekly game, um, which is which is really great if you can find a night that works for everyone. But you know, a lot of us travel for work. Um, Chris is often uh, gone doing Wizards of the Coast event stuff. I travel quite a bit for work. I work at a augmented reality startup company, and I travel quite a bit there. And so, coordinating those schedules is always pretty tough. And I knew seven months ago, six months ago, that this was coming and I could have really like buckled down and let's get some extra sessions in so that we can make sure that, you know, we have pre-recorded sessions ready to go. And Chris and Kat have a ton of time to just, you know, relax and and take care of this because I'm not going to be the DM that's like, no, 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 no. This game is more important than your new human person. Right. (laughs) (laughs) And so what this looks like, I think we've got we've got a good buffer. Um, We've got plenty of time for them to, you know, be at home with the baby. Oh, yeah. And as soon as as soon as they're ready, as soon as they are able to come back, that's going to be great. In the meantime, 
maybe some creative storytelling. Maybe we figure out a way to, you know, do cat in one episode, Chris in the next, that sort of thing. But I think overall, I'm not worried about it. I think it's going to be great. Oh, yeah. I, I don't anticipate any problems at all. No, it's going to be good. And I'm excited to meet their tiny human. Absolutely. I think they're going to be they're going to have so much fun. During our live streamed game that we played for Extra Life, uh, we coined the hashtag Rich Backstory. Rich Backstory. Yes. Hashtag Rich Backstory. So of the NPCs that we have met so far in Adventure, they wrote, which has been your favorite to develop and uh, which has been your favorite to play? Oh, that's a great question. I really love that question. Okay. Um, the My favorite backstory to develop has been Croc, hands down. I appreciate that very much. Yeah, I what what I realized when I was writing this game, and I want to I want to be very clear that the I continue to write this game. Um, I continue to sort of make edits and changes, and we are telling a relatively small story. We're telling a story about this guy that got murdered, and you're trying to figure out who that is. And the story takes place in a very large city. And so we talked early on about like keeping it to certain districts and, you know, because every DM knows that players will take the first opportunity they have to ruin all of the hard work that you have put into crafting, you know, your epic masterpiece of fantasy literature. And believe me, we attempt to do that at every point. Yes, I do believe you. But while I was while I was writing everything down and I, I kept going back, I kept watching old noir movies and listening to noir audiobooks. And I realized that one of the characters that, that I was missing was sort of the, the grizzled detective. And w- when I thought about what that grizzled detective could look like in Waterdeep, it was Croc. It was this turtle who is a little out of place. You know, even though Waterdeep is this huge city, there's not a ton of turtles there. But he is he is sort of this quiet, unassuming, but razor sharp intellect. And I like he I think he he makes sort of this perfect little seasoning to just kind of drop into the stories and like. Maybe he's pointing you in the right direction. Maybe he's kind of resetting, but I, and I, you know, he's, we hint at this kind of backstory with him and Max where they, they've known each other from the past. Croc is trying to get over this presumption that he has about Max being a goblin. It's great. I I love that character so much. Yeah. I, I really dig interacting with Croc in, in the game. Yeah. It feels, it just feels like, there's a lot going on there. And I think that's what makes this noir aesthetic so appealing is that there's, there's, you can, you can, you can taste it. You can feel that there's this tension and this atmosphere. And that's what I think is, is super great about that. Yeah. I'm pretty excited about it. I'm excited to see where our story. Now I have the benefit of having recorded you know, more episodes than we have out right now. So I know where we are, like we, the players are in the story, but I'm excited to see like where it continues to go. Right. Like that's one of my favorite things about our recording sessions is like, where, where are we going to go next? Right. Like this is not 
a written adventure. It's not something where I can go like Tomb of Annihilation and just buy the book and read it and be like, oh, okay, cool. I know what's going to happen now. Like this is, it's all kind of coalescing as we're doing it. And uh, I, it's, it's super exciting. So I like it a lot. Yeah. You can't buy the book yet. Yet. Of all the silly hashtags that we make up, like hashtag rich backstory and hashtag goblin farts and hashtag hashtag and all the different things. Uh, what has been your most memorable moment of recording the show? I think the interaction between Celine and the bouncer outside of the Jade Dancer. <laughs> yes. Because, and I, I, we can, we can jump in the way back machine and maybe you edit in like <laughs> that bouncer's first reaction. He's like, Hey, Celine back in town. Oh yes. Uh, we've been looking into some interesting things happening in the area. Have you seen Drucken Axehelft? Oh, you're talking about that guy what took the crossbow bolt to the neck? Yeah. Yeah, I was standing like right next to him when that happened. Oh, well, I bet that was fun to watch. No, it wasn't. He got hit in the neck with a crossbow and he died. <gasps> Did you... <laughs> <laughs> Who is this guy? <laughs> Oh, that sounds absolutely gruesome. Please do tell us the, the details. I'm sorry, I'm laughing so hard that I'm crying a little bit. <laughs> oh, uh, oh, don't cry, my dear. It's fine. <laughs> and thus, there the water deep dicks were no more. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, yes. And then us having to stop playing for like two minutes while we collected ourselves. And it's that ties into the hashtag rich backstory because a lot of players, and I will say this unabashedly, and I don't care if she hears me, my wife has an innate sense. It's it's some like extra part of her brain that normal people don't have, but she has it. And she innately knows which characters I've just kind of tossed in. And I have no idea who, who they are, what their history is, any of that. And she just knows. And she's like, nope, that's the person. That's the guy. I'm going to sit here and I'm going to have a 10-minute conversation with this guy. And Fletch is going to have to figure all of it out by the seat of his pants. All of this is coming straight out of his ass. There's... And he can't get away from it. And I've tried in the past. I've tried to be like, oh, no, no, no. He doesn't want to talk to you. And she's like, too bad. Have a seat, buddy. <laughs> so that that moment where she started talking to the bouncer and trying to get information from him, for me, like when he's like, no, uh, and he just sounds really dumb. That's mostly me. That's 99% just me being like, oh, yeah, now I need to come up with stuff for this guy to say. Yeah, that was I really enjoyed that. That was one of the best reactions that we've had from the audience, too, because that was very early in our podcasting. And so uh, the audience was quite small at that point. But um, the reactions that we had to the bouncer were were very good. Yeah, I've had friends mention it, that friends that have 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 gotten past you know, episode two and episode three, even as they even as they jump onto the podcast later and start watching or listening later on. 
I've had friends talk about that interaction and whether that was planned and written that way. Nope. That was all Talia picking on me. I dig it. (laughs) Well, Hey, Fletch, thanks for sitting down and doing a short rest with us. You know, it's been my pleasure. Thank you for hosting this short rest and asking me questions. You're welcome. I'm excited uh, to see how our short rests evolve as we go forward. We may have some surprises for the audience. Yeah, this is the last. uh, This is the last interview. This is the last. Well, the last. uh, Well, the last interview for now, I guess. Everyone, everyone has been interviewed. Correct. The last cast member interview. Let's say that. The last, yeah, the last cast member interview. Yes. Tease it out a little bit. Uh, But yeah, I'm excited. And uh, I would love to implore you, our audience, to uh, make sure that you are playing along with us on social media. You can search Adventure They Wrote uh, wherever you get your social media things, whether it be Facebook or Instagram or Twitter or any of those, and you can find us. If you're listening to us, you know where to find us, where you get your podcasts. But you can tell your friends, wherever you get your podcasts, you can find us. Just search Adventure They Wrote. But yeah, thanks for listening to Short Rest number six with our DM, Fletch. And Fletch, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. Yeah, stay tuned. Next week, episode number nine of Deep Trouble our uh, adventure to find the murderer of Grucken Axehaft, and it's going to be fun. <laughs> it's a good one, folks. If memory serves, the dicks actually roll higher than a 10. Yes. Yes. In the next episode. Because we did not. <laughs> did not in episode eight. All right. That's going to do it. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next week. Thanks, everyone. Bye.